Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. Once again, this is episode number 194, entitled Static Design versus In-Browser Design. It was published on Thursday, the 27th of August, 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and a few bits and pieces of housekeeping before we begin. WP Builds produces lots and lots of WordPress content each and every week. We have this, the podcast that you're listening to now, plus the WP Builds News, which I put out at 7am UK time every Monday. It's a summation of the WordPress news from the previous week. Plus, we also have a live version of that show. I'm joined by some notable WordPress guests. That's in our Facebook group and on our live page over at wpbuilds.com for slash live you can join us there 2 p.m uk time every monday we also do things like webinars we've got a deals page and a whole load of other stuff i'll come to some of that in a minute but just to say if you wouldn't mind sharing it i'd be most grateful use at wp builds if you wouldn't mind on the twitter but you know feel free to share it in any which way you like there's a few buttons underneath each of the podcast players on the website and you can use those but just any welcome message is very very much appreciated I'm told that Apple Podcasts is a good place to share, as well as Spotify as well. And if you can give us a rating over on those platforms, that would be great. Okay, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe if you'd like to keep up to date with everything that we do. wpbuilds.com forward slash deals if you would like to avail yourself of a WordPress deal. There's absolutely loads on that page. Searchable, filterable, go and check it out. Significant amounts of plugins, themes and whatnot wpbuilds.com forward slash jobs if you hear about a job in the WordPress space. I'm hoping to advertise those completely for free. And I know that in times like this, jobs are a scarce thing. So if you hear about one, please let me know. And lastly, wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to have your product or service put in front of a WordPress specific audience, a bit like these guys. If you're an agency owner struggling to grow and scale your agency, the team at GoWP can help. GoWP provides white-label services to help WordPress agencies grow, and with their pricing, it makes doing things yourself seem pretty silly. Create your free GoWP partner account to learn more about their services and get free access to resources and templates to grow your agency, like lead magnets and landing page templates. Partner with GoWP and grow your agency. And A-B split test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Go and check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, so episode number 194, static design versus in-browser design. What's that all about? Well, perhaps you're wedded to your tool of choice. Could be something like Photoshop or the Adobe suite of tools or Sketch or something like that. Perhaps, though, you're more in tune with things based in the browser. That could be your page builder. It could be something like Adobe XD. We're wondering today and debating today whether or not it's become time to to ditch those proprietary apps and just start using apps within the browser, perhaps just using a page builder, perhaps familiarizing your clients with WordPress from the get go. 
It's interesting. A few years ago, this debate would have been pointless because the technology didn't exist, the apps didn't exist, but now they do. So I join David Wormsley today as we debate it. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, today's debate is static design versus in-browser design. Now, Nathan and I have talked about this a few times during the time we've been doing this podcast. And as people who use a page builder, we've kind of moved very much away from that traditional static design, usually or previously made with Photoshop or something similar, to start using the page builder. So I thought it might be quite good fun to revisit this, particularly as Tim from Tiki Boom again has offered this as a suggestion. So Nathan, (laughs) you're going to take the... The, the position that we generally take, which is in browser design. And I'm going to take the static design side. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've got an easy, I've got an easier time than you this week. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I got those why I set myself up for this one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you do this. You always come up with these controversial subjects and then give yourself the hard side. <laughs> I, I know. But, but things have moved on. And I think this is why it's worth revisiting because we're a little bit stuck in the past because we were not designers and we're not up to speed with all these new interactive prototyping tools that are out there, particularly Adobe XD and sketch you know a little bit about sketch but there's a new one figma as well which i I didn't even know about until i started researching this there's also another one that i am that i saw recently paul lacey and i were doing something together and he showed me a tool now the name of it has gone out of my head but strangely it's in browser but Uh (laughs) but it also sort of carries over some of the some of the qualities of what we're going to talk about today so we'll just conveniently ignore that one because it sits in the middle (laughs) Yeah, these are kind of, I mean, I think Adobe XD is online. So effectively, you can kind of prototype and get an online experience. Let me put forward then the arguments that I think are out there. There was a particularly good video, again, I probably need to find you the link for this one, Mm -hmm. which was talking about um, using Adobe XD first rather than Elementor in this case to mock up things. And the argument, really, I'm borrowing a lot of that, is that, it's so much quicker. So I'll give you my main points. It's really, it's the fact that it, it, the belief is that by going in browser, you're saving some time. Now, his argument is pretty much against that. It's because of the fact that you can go in there and you can kind of set up a load of pages which could be interactive and linked to each other. And rather than with, say, WordPress or Page Builder, you would need to make sure you knew the sizes of your images before you uploaded them because you would need to change them all again. And that's a big hassle Mm -hmm. if you have to go and remove all of those images from your media gallery because you've decided to change your mind. Same with fonts as well. You can try out different fonts very quickly, set up all these different boards and design things. And also is that if you're working with the client, they can see things. You can set up some art boards, some mood boards, or whatever you like to call them, or some wireframes first. You can quickly revert back to a design that they liked earlier so they have a change of mind you can't do all that kind of stuff on a page builder so easily you can't kind of show them a range of things and and move things so speedily as you could do on something like adobe xd mm-hmm. that's kind of the main point i guess yeah the i suppose the, the the thing that just comes to mind straight away for me is just the the fact that you've got to relearn well, i said relearn i mean you've got to learn another tool <laughs> And in yeah. the case of something like 
in my case, Photoshop is just a, it's a miasma. You know, if I go in there, I've, <laughs> I've basically now forgotten what every tool does. And whilst at some point in the distant past, I used to know what quite a lot of it did, I've kind of forgotten. And that knowledge has just slipped out of my, out of my consciousness. And so for me, it would be a question of relearning. So that I think that's the biggest impediment. Nobody can deny that the stuff that comes out the other end looks fabulous. Um, and if you've got the process and you know the keystrokes and you understand how to move things around and crop things and all of that stuff, then it's fabulous. But the, the impediment for me is simply more time learning another tool. And the problem, I think is that there's always another tool. You know, you mentioned Adobe XD, hmm. which is relatively new. Presumably, there's a learning curve to that. I guess if you're in the Adobe sphere of influence, there's probably similarities and, you know, icons that are similar and understandable if you use Photoshop and so on. But then, you know, you might be beguiled by Sketch or Figma that you mentioned, and then suddenly mm. ugh, you've got to learn all those again. So I, th I think that's my primary reason why I stay in the browser. You're right. It is a time suck. Um, everything that you've described is true, you know, uploading the images, which then need to be removed and cropped and all of that stuff. Correct. But it's just mm. the time for, from learning a new tool. And some of these tools are careers in themselves. You know, no, I don't think anybody could deny that Photoshop, if you get truly brilliant at Photoshop, that's a career. Yeah. So the argument really for in browser is, you know, you're a bit shoddy with your work, go in browser. Yeah. That's yeah. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you if you just can't be bothered to learn a new tool, and you don't you don't really think that you've got you've got the mental capacity to take it on, stay in the browser. No, I mean in my case, I've spent so long inside my page builder of choice, which is Beaver Builder, yeah. that it's kind of it's just so familiar, and all of those little things which are. Errors, you know, the little tiny errors which creep in over uh, on the process of designing things. I say errors, I mean things that you know will probably have to be undone. It really doesn't take me that long to undo them, and also you you get a certain you get a certain feeling of what really shouldn't need to be undone. So, as an example, you used images. There's no way I'm going to upload the entire suite of images. I'll probably just upload yeah. one or two, which are fairly generic in scope. You know, if it's an engineering company, a picture of some pipes or something like that, and <laughs> yeah. just reuse them all over the place. And you know, then I'll obviously have to go back and do that work. And but I'd have to do that work anyway, right? There's no there's no point at yeah. which I wouldn't have to go in and fiddle with those images and so yeah it, it, familiarity like anything I've got a friend who who is truly brilliant at Photoshop I mean just amazing and she mm. I sat with her before lockdown and honestly the stuff that she could achieve in seconds and I didn't yeah. even know what she was doing she was just you know she was doing everything on a Mac and she was actually using the keypad on the Mac you know rather than a mouse because we were sat outside and it was just a complete blur and things were happening at such a tremendous rate. And and so in that case, you know, fair enough. That's the best way to do it. But for me, it, I guess it's a time money uh, quandary. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I mean, I, get, I never got into Photoshop. Well, I did a little bit. I, I, did, I used it for photos, surprisingly enough. Yeah. And I understood it there. But when it came to uh, all this kind of layers of mass, I didn't get it. And the one that worked for me, which is now gone, really, is uh, Fireworks. Uh, yes. And, and this makes another point, really, maybe, about these new tools, is that 
a lot of the design now is based on uh, sorry it's based on it's based on vectors yeah and uh it's quite tricky to do that kind of stuff isn't it i don't think you can do it in photoshop so you, you know if you want you know a lot of our designs that have those little blobs and stuff on it or shapes in the background but even mm. so even if we're moving now towards a lot of kind of animated gifs as well which will be vector based a lot of those kind of things so i these are things that you couldn't do back to the, my argument you couldn't do in the browser so you still end up back in one of these tools having to learn it i think yeah the i think also that it creates a bit of a mismatch as well and i'm Surely it's possible to achieve anything just about in the browser that you can achieve in Photoshop, given ultimate amount of resource and ultimate amount of time. Mm. I'm sure that virtually any design could be pulled off. But you know how the world is. That's not the world that we're presented with. We're presented with minimal budgets and clients who are on a, a shoestring and have limited <laughs> yeah. time. And, and so sometimes I think that these fabulous things which are built into, let's say, Sketch, um, and tools similar to that, you know, you can drag and drop these user interface items and what have you. They're just so darn glorious and lovely looking. And then you think, oh, how am I going to achieve that? And actually, when I've worked fairly recently with this designer, I've, I've had to sort of coach them into what's really possible for me. And I've had to really rein in their scope mm. and just say, look, we're basically working on rows that, you know, just keep it to rows. Everything needs to be horizontal ultimately. Now you can expand that horizontal section as much as you like, really, but try to keep it in rows and, you know, maybe images over here, text over here. You know, in other words, don't go crazy like it's a magazine. And, yeah. and that process just sort of works for me. And it, it creates a Ultimately, it does create a bit of a boring internet, but it also creates websites at a price point which my clients can cope with. Yeah, it's really hard to argue with that. And I think one of the older arguments against, you know, talking about reining somebody in uh, used to be the fact that people would design for the desktop and um, not give you a mobile version of that. And I don't think tools, the earlier tools that we're talking about, really made that easy. And, and this is one of the arguments, I think, for thinking about static design again, is, is that the new prototyping tools have really thought about that. I mean, something like Adobe XD, which I haven't tried, but I've, I've seen plenty of videos on it. You know, they've really spent four years kind of building that up getting feedback haven't they and mm. and they've listened to what people need so it's designed so you can do your mobile version <clears throat> you know and set those up interactively as well so i can see you know if you've learned those skills it's going to be really ha if you were somebody new coming in now it definitely would be worth considering even if you've got clients who are on a kind of lower budget it still might save you time yeah, I suppose if you if you're ultimately able to pull that stuff off, there's really no there's really no reason you should constrain yourself and not look at that. You know, the idea of sort of static design is just nothing wrong with doing it that way, as far as I can see. If you're capable, I suppose coming back to the point that I made earlier, it's just a question of time, really, for me. And also, you know, we've all seen that I've got very grey hair. I'm I'm addled, David. <laughs> that learning new things is tremendously difficult. My brain has has, has given up on creating new uh, cells, and so I have to just cope with the old <laughs> cells. And so pushing new information in is is terrifically hard. Also, an, another point is yeah. that I think clients, I personally. I kind of like to show them the interface that they're going to yeah. see it in. So, yeah. you know, here, here you are on a desktop. In fact, more and more, 
I'm finding that clients are looking at it on their phone. You know, you're on the telephone to them. They quickly, you can tell that they've taken it off their ear and they're having a look. Yeah. You know, they're looking at, looking at it in their browser. They're looking at it on their phone. They're looking at it on their tablet. Tablets, by the way, seem to sort of be going away, don't they? I don't really know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. It seems to get too many people questioning about tablets anymore. I don't know if that's a dying thing or not. But anyway, mm. um, it just sets up that expectation of this is what it's going to be like here's what it's going to here's the interface this is the menu this is exactly how it'll work might not be that font might not be that size but it'll be over there and you'll click that button and it sets it mm. up and it it stalls problems right at the beginning yeah do you know what? just to counter your argument about learning all the new tools and the time that you need to put into that my old colleague who i got most of my work from she her practice was to just knock somebody up a very quick and it was very basic looking uh, on some i don't know what tool she used it was a, an early serif um your tool not like the new <laughs> kind of modern ones mm. um and uh, and um and, and that's what she would send over. So the, most of the clients were on a budget there, and she would send over this real rough mock-up with roughly the fonts she was going to use, the colors, some sort of box areas with a few photos in, and some gobbledygook text just to give an idea and get a sign-off on that. I mean, it literally would have only taken a, you know minutes to do it, maybe wow. 15, half an hour at the most to do that, to get a sign-off. Wow. And, uh, and that kind of worked, and I... Yeah, I, it used to surprise me a little bit because, I mean, I'm mostly I had to, to make this work responsively and she hadn't always thought about that. So there was a bit of an issue, but I thought it was a great way of getting, if they accepted that and let us get on with it, then we could get on with our work and get that out of the way. So there is some merit to that. And that didn't, you know, she didn't require any real technical skill to do that. I mean, anybody could easily knock that up on one of the online programs that there are around at the moment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, if she could do that in a matter of minutes, that completely demolishes my argument about learning things and what have you, which, again, is fine. The um, it is interesting, though, it brings brings to the front of the debate that the whole point of what you're doing this for. And that is, you know, if you've got a client who literally, you know, if you can perceive in advance and I know you can't, but if you could work out in advance that they just don't care about these mock ups. They're just not that interested. They're just not that kind of... <laughs> yeah. Then, in a sense, you could just sidestep the whole thing and just get on with the website and present them with more or less the finished article, and they might gripe a bit and moan. But I've definitely had that swing in both directions. I've had people where I've done all the mock-ups, and it's pretty clear that that was an absolute waste of time because they've yeah. just not, not interacted with it. You know, Their immediate reaction is, well, why is it all the wrong colour? And why aren't the images in the right place? I've sent you all the images. Where are they? Oh, okay, that's not what this is about. You know, and you just, they just want to see the finished article. So I've had those. And then I've had other people where it, I thought that they didn't really need the mock-ups. I showed them they were disinterested. And then I got to the point of doing the actual website. And then they fretted about every single detail. You know, one yeah. pixel alignment incorrect with images and the font being one I don't know, one pixel too large compared to something that is off the viewport, but, you know, still on the same page, that kind of thing. So it swings and roundabouts. You've got to work it yeah. with your client, I guess. Yeah, I, I completely know that. And I do think you're, you're right. I mean, I think the people used to kind of early sign off on Maria's early um, mock-up that she did, my colleague, um, they 
they could go either way. Mostly it was the fact that he just wanted you to get on with it and they weren't at that point that interested. And whether they became interested at a later stage, they had to have something to criticise first up there. Right. <laughs> so right. it helped a little bit in the sense that you would get this first idea about what they were expecting so you could move on and get there. But you didn't know how it was going to work out later. But an argument may be for the static design first is the fact that if you need to control that process before you start building. I mean, that's tradition, isn't it? Because it used to take so long to build before page builders. You had to do the static design yeah, to get the commitment yeah. so you didn't waste the time. Maybe there's still an argument for that and, and, and an argument for still going down that route if you can with clients. I mean, if, if they bypass it, that's another thing, but still having that in your toolbox to say, let's do this as a design where we'll get you know your branding and layout, your you know your architecture and everything sorted on paper before we start building it it still might be a good way of getting them to focus early if if they're the type of person who are who is going to be very particular later down the line because if yeah. they are then you've not saved yourself money have you if you happen to yeah that's a good argument have you have you in your and i know your business model is different to mine in that sense but do you offer the capability to have, let's say, a, a, a different set of mock-ups made. So going back, I don't know, five, six, seven years before I was touching a page builder, th this was crucially a part of the process. I would always have some kind of design done, and it was usually in Photoshop, which was then flattened mm. into a PDF or something like that so the client could look at it in their own time. And I would offer as many of those as they wanted you know so i would say right we'll we can do one for you that's the bare minimum but if you want a completely different one i'll get a completely different designer to do exactly the same amount of layouts you know the about us page the contact form the home page whatever but you'll have to be charged twice and and I've had clients who've done that two, three, four times and then picked, you know, they had enough money that they wanted to really get mm. a whole suite of different ones. They paid for it. They were happy with it. And then ultimately they just picked one. And it's quite nice for the designers as well because they were they, they never really got into that whole process of feeling rejected because in the end I never really told them which one made the final cut, which was which is good, I think, because, you know, if you've got two people, who, well, sorry, they didn't like your design. It was a load of wrong. I'm not working with you again. Um, so I always used to do that. But then the advent of the page builders just kind of eclipsed that. And I do yeah. wonder, do wonder about that whole industry. You know, graphic designers who turned into graphic designers for the web. I wonder if that's a shrinking industry because of the, the ease of use of tools. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, this isn't helping my case, but you, you were saying about the tools themselves, what should be able to be done in the, the, the page builder will be in the future anyway. So even if we've got a, Adobe XD, they spent these four years developing this, you can't help but think that the technology will just still go back into the browser, into the website you're building eventually anyway. And I think about this, somebody asked me a question uh, in one of the forums uh, about text well they asked it generally but uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I realized something that I didn't know before that you could do that I only thought you could do visually in a graphics program and that was to curve text around an arch so you could have circled text if you like or any shape of text oh no yeah so you can do that with CSS can't you yeah 
Well, yeah, well, you could do it on individual letters, but you can do it now with SVGs, can't you? You can follow the path through that, and there's a yeah. lot of that. I think SVGs are taking over, so I can see a lot of a lot of the vector designs I was talking about as an excuse to go back to graphics programs. I see. I, I can see it's going to be easy to manipulate this or get easier over time to use this yeah. in the browser. So making your vectors for the web using SVGs will probably become a thing and, and being able to treat your text as well. So I'm arguing your case now. <laughs> well, no, that's good. Thank you so much. The, you've got to think that people like Google, uh, the, at least the Chrome team, and Mozilla, and the guys over at Safari and, and all of these different browsers, you've got yeah. to be thinking that the, the long view is that yeah. in the end, a computer is just a conduit to the internet. You know, if you yeah. if you go back 10 years, well, maybe a bit more, you'd think about the capabilities of what the internet could do, what your browser could do. And even things like movement, being able to drag something around on a page on the internet was just inconceivable. And now it can do so much. You know, you think about think about when Google Maps came around and you just thought, how how on earth did they do that? And now it just seems like trivial stuff. And, and you've highlighted all these recent technologies. I've got a suite of, I'm going to call them sort of Adobe Photoshop replacements. I mean, they're fairly poor relations, but in browser things, you know, I'm thinking of Stencil and Canva, and I've got one called mm. Pixteller. And they can do quite a good job of heavy lifting. I mean, they can't do everything by any stretch of the imagination. But you've got to think that the aim of the browser manufacturers is to make the browser capable of doing all of those things. Um, yeah. And I don't know how long down the road that'll be. Maybe it'll be another decade or more. But Google especially has a real has a real skin in the game here because of their Chrome OS offering, which I know is being adopted like wildfire in schools. All the schools that my kids go to, this is basically the default now. You you work on a on a Chrome laptop. If you want to do video editing or music, the music department and the sort of the art department mm. seem to be still with PCs or Macs because, you know, you just can't do that stuff in the browser yet. But just about mm. everything else, document creation and research and um, making PowerPoints and all that, it's just done in the browser on Chrome devices. And so there's a generation mm. of kids who are growing up thinking... This is what this is what a computer is. It's a thing which switches on in three seconds and connects to the internet, and everything is available via a URL. And yeah. and so WordPress is sort of going like that as well. You look at the pushes that they're making to to give us full site editing capabilities and blocks, which increasingly are looking as if they're going to really collide with the page builder space. Give it another eighteen yeah. months, and I'm sure there'll be real real similarity in the offerings then yeah. I, it just makes sense to me to show the client the tool that they're ultimately going to use. Because in the end, you're going to be handing this website over to them in the hopes that they they can use it. And if they can understand what they're using during the design process and interact with WordPress, that just seems like a bit of a win as well. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, the way things are going, it is going towards in browser and, and and even if adobe offers something which might solve a load of problems now they're going to be solved in the browser later i'm sure of it i'm sure you're yep. right yep. but uh, maybe another take on this um let me go from another angle so uh, designs are getting very similar we've said this quite a lot and 
isn't it too easy just to follow some of the templates or the things that you're seeing online or what your what your page builder will kind of push you towards designing if you just stay within the browser so is there not an argument sometimes to just get out of uh, the page builder offline and start to i don't know just look at the problem from a different way you know even the idea of laying out your pages you know if it's on a napkin in a restaurant just thinking differently to how you think when you're online and looking at web pages when you're online there's a certain expectation and it doesn't make you think in a new way about the thing you're designing yeah, I I completely agree actually and I, I I just can't deny that. You know, I guess if you're a designer it must it must irritate you massively the way the internet has gone recently. Mm. You know, the fairly formulaic design, the the way mm. things are laid out, the you know, the the header with a background image with a call to action and then some uh, icons of companies that you work with grayed out underneath and then, you know, three rows of testimonials and so it goes. That's yeah. totally true. And if I was to pick up a magazine, I confess mm. I don't really do this anymore. That is to say, buy magazines. It's just sort of gone out of my life. I used to do it a lot. It would it would annoy me if every page looked the same. In fact, it, I would cease to buy it. I probably wouldn't even purchase it in the first place, you know. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's a shame that that sort of stuff is happening. But it's driven by the economics of the clients, isn't it? You know, they just want something. They want something which fits people's conception of what a website, a modern website is. And yeah. most times that's something formulaic that the user doesn't have to think about. You know, they just open the page and they're fully understanding, right, the menu's up there, The that button will do this. If I scroll a little bit, I'm very likely to see a map and a contact form and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a shame. And I hope that we don't get you know i don't there's no period where quirky designs and interesting new designs cease to exist but it seems less and less common to see innovation in design on the web yeah i mean there's a lot of move towards uh, you know overlapping because the formula is pretty much the same so to break up um, the boxiness of everything there's a lot more overlapping elements that we get now which is it depends on the page builder you're using but there's whichever way there are some problems with that it, you know if you're using a page builder that makes it very easy for you to overlap it probably has a lot more code than it actually needs to have mm. to complete the the finished thing if you have a page builder that doesn't then you've got all the time and the you know the drain on your resources to set that up where i just wonder sometimes you know you might come up with some more interesting overlapping kind of designs interesting sort of backgrounds with your your vector backgrounds and that kind of thing that you might do if you just did static if you just had a, a program that can move stuff around easy and then when you're really happy with the look of it then convert that because you probably wouldn't have come up with that one if you had to wrestle with your tool or if your tool allowed you to do it it might output too much code yeah it's interesting as well is in that i've i've noticed recently i'm sure everybody's noticed it it's, it's not just me that's for sure um a lot more movement on the web and i know that this is a contentious mm. issue and a lot of people especially usability um proponents and accessibility would say that you know less of that is probably a, a good thing but you know you look at look at websites like apple's website um, especially mm. when there's a product in play. And the same with, let's say, Google. The, I, I recently went to, got an email the other day about some Google sale, and I went onto the, the webpage, and it was for a, um, 
it was for their Nest, I think it's called Nest Hub or something. Anyway, it, it's a it's a router. And and as you scrolled up on the mobile, and I'm guessing it was the same on the desktop, the things moved and it was beautifully executed. You know, it was really nice. And the more you yeah. scrolled up, the more this thing happened. And it, it was basically this, the this device being sort of torn apart and, and be, being um, literally ripped apart into its component parts. Um, and then there was a house where they were trying to demonstrate how this, this router would, would distribute the, the Wi-Fi around the house. And that rotated. And as you scrolled back again, it unrotated, and the device was mm-hmm. reassembled, if you know what I mean. And yeah. it was just, it was really nice. And I'm seeing this more and more. And do that in a static creation tool. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think some of the new prototyping allow for some, I don't know, uh, but I, it'd be obviously limited. But yes, you're right. But uh, gosh, and again, it depends on the type of client and what they want. And the, there is a place for that animation. But, you know, you've, you've used Apple. And in a way, people who are coming to see a particular product and they're already kind of in that gang aren't they they're already in the apple tribe and they're, mm. they're going to enjoy that i just think this is another debate about animation or not really but yes. uh, you know i just <laughs> yeah. think most of the time we're increasingly need to be more task focused we're on multiple devices at the time and in some ways we need to clear out as much clutter so people can get to the basic information as quickly as possible so the animation does delay you even if it's beautiful yeah yeah I, i'm i'm not a proponent of it i i th- there's many yeah. situations where i think it really detracts from the message that you're trying to deliver but I, when I see a really solid example of it, and, and it's not just Apple and it's not just, they, they were just the two that dropped into my head, but I have seen some beautiful yeah. examples of it. And I know that tools, especially like Elementor, have really invested a lot of energy into making those things available within their page builder in the yeah. UI. You know, you don't have to write any code. You can just fill in boxes and type numbers and move things around and it'll bounce in or hover or grow or shrink or whatever upon scroll or whatever the interaction might be. When I see yeah. it done really well and sometimes very gently, I yes. I think that is the future. That despite the fact that it really gets in the way and it's it's a mess and it, it can be overused. That's like anything else, right? Yes, Just design yeah. in general can be overused and you can overdo it or underdo it or be, you know, tons of white space, no white space, cluttered design, horrible colour palette choices and all of this kind of stuff. The I feel that, that that is going to be a trend in the future. I just can't see that not being a trend because it's it's new, it's innovative, and when it's done right, man, does it look nice. Yeah, I think you're right. Although, you know, I, funny enough, I'm in trouble, I think, because uh, you know, people are voting for things to go in the um, Beaver Builder um, uh, the, things to be considered for the future and i somebody put forward that these kind of scroll animations to be there and part of the the core unit and i was arguing against it so i got people <laughs> kind of not attacking me but just saying you know i think that it needs to be that stuff but i it's well what was i going to say about it i'll tell you what it is let me for the static design argument here i tell you what well, i was looking for inspiration on design and i was going through 
places like theme forest and uh, monster templates and all those kind of things to look for some design ideas. I wanted mm. to break out of the box a bit. And I found lots of sites and they drove me crazy with the amount of animation. And I've seen this right. on other sites where it's made easy on page builders. There ends up being too much. It's really annoying. You know, they're making up for not doing good static design. But what's really interesting is a lot of those things, I screenshotted them and I, I looked at them in a different way and they were beautifully done. It was the animation that was ruining the experience of, of these things. So interesting. going back to what we're arguing with the static design, if it works as a static design and is beautiful, then I think you can enhance, uh, you know, subtly the animations or effectively. But I think if you don't get those basic skills of making it look great on a static design, you probably uh, are not going to be able to animate. So I'm arguing, so maybe it's a good idea to get back to the basic statics view first. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think all of those are good points, actually. And I would say that, yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to animate from nothing. You know, if you didn't have an idea of what <clears> it was supposed to look like when the animation was finished, in yes. other words, a static design, you can't really you can't really work it backwards, can you? You have to you have to end up with the beautiful finished thing that you want to see. So in my case, the speaker blown apart. That's where we're aiming to get to. And you have to design that, right? And you can do that in a static way. So yeah, I, I see it both ways. There's no point in having something which is awful. Um, and trying to animate it into beauty because that's just not going to work. You need it to, you know, start from beautiful and, and and enhance it with a little bit of animation here and there. Anyway, we're sort of going off topic a bit here, aren't we? But um, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, sorry, I cut in on you. But and uh, in a way, it's a bit like when you make a film. You know, a film it's always going to be a moving thing, but you still usually a good film is storyboarded very well, isn't it? You know, people like Hitchcock, mm, you know, storyboarded yeah. every detail of it before he filmed it. And you could argue it's the same with building websites. You really, when you're static designing, that's what you're doing. Yeah, giving them the opportunity to see in advance. You see. I would say, though, that you can give them that experience in, in the browser with a pre-built. Well, OK, let's let's take the let's take the argument in a slightly different direction. Um, we're going to go into the direction of templates, which is not ideal, I know. But, you know, the idea of showing clients templates beforehand, where, where do you where do you feel that fits in? So instead of storyboarding, as you described it, or building yeah. mock-ups in advance, is it enough for the clients that you have, you know, and I have, the ones without giant budgets, is it enough to yeah. show them a range of, here's 50 different templates, pick the one that you like the best, and we'll just we'll target that as the idea. We'll change the colors, the images, and we'll go from there. We'll build up from that point. Yeah, absolutely. I've done that. Yeah. I mean, one of the early sites that I did with my colleague and they had a very, very low budget. And I said, well, look, the best we can do is that they work from. And this was back in Genesis days for me where they had the, the pro templates, which are available. I said, we'll do it cheap if you can just pick from one of these as the basic design and that was good for them and since then i thought occasionally i've done this i've i've taken some mock-ups that are not really templates that i've got but just to get me started just say select from this bunch of templates which i think might be right for your branding and just to cut some time out you know mm. well that in effect is it is your mock-up done isn't it in a sense you know yeah. and if 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 budget is a constraint then 
really that's you, that's where you're targeting you're targeting we want to show you something very similar to how it will look in the end we know that it's going to be a typical website we know that we're not after anything innovative just look at 12 of these pick the one that you like best and we'll just go from there I, it just hmm difficult i think <laughs> perfect for the right client yeah you know, we can't argue with it. I mean, we might be precious about, <clears throat> you know, the integrity of this design and what it intends to do. But for the average person, and certainly when I came into it, I thought exactly like the average person. Uh, you know, we know why things like Squarespace, Wix and all these sell because people look at them. They see a, a, a moderate selection of templates to choose from. They look beautiful. They yep. just imagine themselves in on that template that's all they want and that's the same when i came to wordpress it was exactly that i was looking at all these themes out there and thought yeah yeah that looks quite nice for me the reason that i think wordpress grew was because you could predefine the themes you know i know that a lot of other cms's did the same thing but lots of people figured out very early on that wordpress could be wrangled and themes could be displayed and showed on um things like theme forest and what have you and people could just come along pick and choose and it made the work a whole lot easier and let's be honest i would imagine that a significant proportion of the people building wordpress websites Mm. have taken that approach at one time or another not built their own theme from the ground up just gone for something off the peg because in you know that that's the model of most businesses cut costs save time greater profit yeah and you know i mean that's that's the thing. It's where you're going to spend your budget. I mean, I'm arguing for the static design and I can see all the benefits of it. And I think that's great if you've got the skills and you've got a client who's on board with this and they've, they've really got it in mind that this, they've got the budget for it. They, they really want fully integral design that's going to meet their targets and they've got the time for it. But they're just in the minority, aren't they? <laughs> the, the other thing that I was going to say was um, that... The there is a there is a case for static design where you're looking more not so much at the design but the user journey, you know where you've got yeah. let's say you're building something where the functionality and the road you know the way that the user gets involved that I think is probably a case where it's there's absolutely no way that you shouldn't mock these things up you know let's say you're building some kind of app or something like that. You need to know what it's going to feel like for the client when they log in. Where do they go to? What's the page that they do next? So I'm coming at that more from the point of view of what is the order of things and where do things sit as opposed to what the design will look like. And I think there's no way you shouldn't do that. An example would be that I'm I'm working with some people at the moment to build a SaaS app. And yep. that process has been incredibly important. Without it, uh, many 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 blind alleys would have been gone down by by me um, and it's managed to make me think okay well what if they do this oh no that's not the intention okay right stop put that page there instead make that menu go there instead and lots and lots of iterations over time and it's been really important and and it would have been a catastrophe if we hadn't have done that yeah Absolutely. I mean, I did miss out one of the points, I think, about the prototyping tools is that they've 
Let's say your client needs, I don't know, they, they need to feature blog posts or something on the homepage or they just need, you know, a blog archive being shown in a sort of different design or they've got a page that's a shop page or something like that. With some of these new tools, you can kind of just drag in a template of those and then chuck a bunch of images mm. at it to populate it. And I don't think you could possibly do that as quickly if you wanted to set up even with things like post modules or post widgets or whatever in your page builder or installing WooCommerce, you're not going to get all that quick data of a look, a mock-up so quickly. And, you know, if you wanted to use certain functionality on a site, um, you might have to install plugins, which might, you know, bloat out your database that won't be needed later and things like that. So I missed out a couple of those points, I think, for the static design, or at least the new prototypes way of doing it yeah i've seen i've seen it again a bit like you rather than experiencing it firsthand i've watched a few videos and it is it is literally ridiculous how quickly you can build some of these really nice site designs i know what you mean mm. uh, you can do all of that inside of <laughs> wordpress if you've got uh, rows that are pre-saved and modules that will achieve various things but again you're right in that it will bloat out your database M much of it will be completely unusable you know they won't choose to use it and obviously if you've got all of that built in a mock-up there is no database mm. yet you're not going to blow anything you're just going to build to what the client wants so from that point of view yeah conceded <laughs> but yeah at the end of the day i think the you know for us for where we are i can't imagine that we will be learning any of these tools will we not now too old no. Yeah, basically too old. I don't have enough time in my day and there's too many of them coming around in quick succession. It's for the new kids, Dave. We're, uh, we're just going to have to realise that there's a whole new generation of people out there who don't think like we do and are cleverer than we are and are building things far superior to what we could ever achieve. And they're doing it in different tools that we've never heard of. Yeah. Also, one other point, I guess, in for why I'm more of a... Um in browser person is that the priorities have changed a little bit with our kind of low budget clients the yeah it's quite easy to now get a, a nice looking site quickly so really the, where mm. they need to compete more is perhaps on the the other digital marketing the seo side of things which often uh, you know before yep. with their budgets didn't even have chance to talk about so we can get the site up quickly if we skip out all the complexities of a static design and go for something a little bit more off the shelf amended but then we can spend more time on stuff that might actually get more traffic and conversions yeah that is also a good point and one that you know you just can't ignore it's it's increasingly obvious to me that clients now understand the economics of website builds especially where i am you know i think it's yeah. it, I, I they just know that things are as much easier than they used to be. They understand that there's ways that they can do this affordably and quickly. They just get all of that. But the um, but the, the sort of difficulty now for us is trying to persuade them of the other things that they can't do. You know, and they could probably throw something together in Wix. They probably don't want to because they don't have the time, but they could if they had the time. But there are those other things, those interactions, those... Oh, the SEO, yeah. the the funnels, the marketing, all of that, which yeah. increasingly makes our industry worth staying in. Yeah, exactly. I think we've done this topic. I think so. Apologies for the audio. You've got internet woes, I think, haven't you? Or is it computer woes at the moment? 
Oh, we've got the lot. We've got everything. We've got storms happening in Goa where I'm at at the moment. So that's knocking out the power. Can't get a new computer, which blew up recently. So, yeah. Uh, woe is me. It's just, it's just terrible. But we got through to the end. Yeah, well, hopefully it wasn't unlistenable, but um, apologies for the, the interruptions. There you go. Thanks, David. Nice debate. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Always fun to chat to David Wormsley. We do try to set up a debate so that we're adversaries and we're on different sides of the debate. But sometimes I think like today's episode, it's pretty clear that we both pretty much share the same opinion. But what do you think? Let us know in the Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. Or, of course, you could let us know in the post on the wpbuilds.com website. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB split test in record time? The new AB split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Beaver Builder, Elementor and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we'll be back next week for another podcast. We'll be back on Monday for the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News. And we'll be back at 2pm Monday every week to do the live news with some notable WordPress guests. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player, please, and then everything will be pretty much automated. But stay safe. Have a nice week. Bye-bye for now.